I don't know if that's an outlandish statement to come from him, okay? To not be able to buy food. I get where he's coming from. Nationers, welcome back to another episode of The Realist Podcast, episode 43, The Banner is right behind me. You guys probably already know it. If you guys do not know it, every single time I mention the episode number, the banner will be right behind me. Unless I'm taking a trip down to South Africa or I'm out of the country or just out of this room. (laughs) Um, I'm also not wearing socks today. I don't know if it's just, I feel like it's a spunky day. Normally before the the, uh, podcast, I will, what is it? Put on socks. I will brush my teeth. I will get everything ready. You know, I'll get like, I'll get into the A game, you know, kind of like a basketball player, like somebody who plays like sports. You have like a ritual when it comes to like what you do. And for me, my ritual is putting on socks and brushing my teeth. And I didn't do either of those. Just saying, I did not do either one of those. And is my fault? Probably. Well, it is because, you know, that's my responsibility. That's my that's my ritual. So I'm hoping that today's episode isn't hindered by me not wearing socks and also hindered by my 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 breath, my teeth not being not being like all there. Uh, but today, nation, we got a big one today, but before we get into it, I do want to thank all of you guys watching. If you guys do enjoy this episode, consider hitting that subscribe button as we are trying to hit 1000 subscribers on this podcast before the end of the year. And with that nationers, I do want to thank all of our audio listeners out there. I appreciate all you guys. Let's get into it. We, we got an episode, uh, episode 43. We got a wild episode. That's what I meant to say. We have an episode. I'm like, what the frick does that mean, Jared? Like, like we have a we we have socks. Cool. Like, what what what's special about these socks? What is special about this episode is we got a lot to talk about today. And the whole list. I brought the laptop back for another episode, uh, three episodes in a row. Actually, I feel like it's nice to just have the laptop in here. And I've written out as usual all the all the topics that I like to touch on. First of all, Nate shot and a hundred thieves. And frosty beef, that's that's a topic that I really want to talk about because it is something that I feel um, concerned about. I, I feel like I should be able to tell kind of like the news, my opinion on it, and where we could go from here, what we can learn from this. And then also, last week, I took a trip down to L.A. So the episode that came out last week, excuse me, I'm burping. It's probably because I didn't brush my teeth. I took a trip down to L.A. when the episode came out, and I... I want to explain it. It's a wild story. It is a very, very wild, like, 72 hours of my life. And quite frankly, I would not change a thing for that entire trip. Also, while I was down in L.A., KSI fought two uh, two fights in one night, and that card was wild. Uh, Deji also got his first win. We're going to talk about that. And I personally believe that this young Gravy and Sherry Nicole... Thing. Is her name Sherry, Sherry Nicole? Addison Ray's mom. I think it's a publicity stunt. We're going to talk about it. And then also stuff that's happening on uh, the live streams. Uh, if you guys do not follow me on Twitch, you guys can follow me at I'm the real Jared. But hopefully uh, that will change soon. 
but yeah, we've been streaming some GTA 5, which is really, really fun because GTA 5 was the first game that I started playing uh, on YouTube. And that's why I'm here making this podcast. So shout out to GTA 5. And then also, uh, something that I just wanted to share. I don't know how long we're going to talk about it, but Cody Code did an ultra marathon. Yeah, he did an ultra marathon. Okay. We're going to talk about it all in today's episode of the Realist Podcast. Let me know if you guys like it when I tell kind of like the topics that we're going to talk about. Also, I feel like I could do a better job of putting chapters on the YouTube video just so you guys can like enjoy the episode um, knowing like what's going to be talked on and touched on. So I need I need to do a better job about that for you guys. So uh, you know what? I'm going to put I'm going to put chapters on this episode for you guys. Okay. And, uh, yeah, let's just get right into it. Nate Shot versus Frosty. It's not really, like, a versus. It's, like, fight. It's not, it's not really, like, Street Fighter. It's just kind of like this uh, he said, he said thing. It's usually a he said, he... It's usually a he... <laughs> it's usually a, a he said, she said type thing or a she said, he said type story, but it's, it's Nate Shot and Frosty. One story versus the other story, right? I think, all in all, this is a very interesting story because... It kind of just came out of nowhere, and I feel like it just kind of wasn't anything that was brought to anyone's attention until a few tweets came out. Really, just kind of how it usually happens when it's when it's beef. It's usually just a, a few tweets. You never, you don't see anybody just getting like getting into beef because of like an Instagram post, unless you're maybe like Conor McGregor. But like for the most part, I think you're okay. It's usually Twitter where things are just like, ho, ho, ho. you know that one meme of the guy that's like staring down in like the yellow jacket, he's like. That's Twitter looking at any beef that's on its platform. Nate Shot versus Frosty. I'm going to give you guys kind of a brief of this. So back in like 2018, I believe um, Nate Shot uh, or 2019, whatever year it was, Nate Shot is the CEO and founder of 100 Thieves. I think he's a co-founder um, of 100 Thieves. Obviously, Nate Shot is a very highly decorated gaming um, icon. You know, uh, before, like, there was, like, a, the ninjas of the world. There were the nade shots of the world, okay? There were the nade shots of the world. There were even, like, the shrouds of the world, okay? And he competed uh, professionally as a gamer uh, a lot in LAN, COD, and, you know, we kind of knew him through just, like, the growth of what he was doing as a, as a creator and as a highly, you know, decorated athlete. Highly skilled athlete who became highly decorated. And he founded a company called 100 Thieves, which uh, not really anything inherently, you know, by the name. It's just kind of just what the name is. And they've done obviously very well if you've kept up with it. But if you haven't kept up with it and this is your first time hearing about 100 Thieves, they've won some of the biggest land tournaments even in recent times. So for them being not even five years old, to then also winning back-to-back championships in multiple sports, it says a lot about the talent in 100 Thieves. A lot of these people who you might see a part of 100 Thieves are like Valkyrie. You might see uh, Courage JD. Uh, you might also see Brooke AB. You will see people like Nico Lowell, who's like the, like, uh, she had like a TikTok. She wore like the Bernie Sanders shirt and became a TikTok trend. I I don't know. Look up like PewDiePie's 2018 rewind or 20 yeah, 2018 rewind. You'll see her in there. And uh yeah, so obviously a lot of highly decorated athletes, a lot of content creators a part of this organization. 
And they have a compound over in LA. And a part of this first initial launch was, obviously they have the content creators and they had this group called The Mob. There were essentially four content creators, all friends it seemed like, who were a part of a content house. And obviously we've seen content houses before. We've seen Jake Paul's Team 10. We've even, like the Sidemen's not really a content house, but they're just friends that owned a house together. And mind you, only four of the seven of them live together. Harry, Toby, and Ethan, a part of the Sidemen, didn't even live in the content house. Um, And then obviously like other content houses like the, the Hype House, which is more recent, you even had a lot of the TikTok stuff. I'm just going to kind of put the TikTok stuff over there. And then we're going to talk about the real things, like the the YouTube content houses. You had the the clout house. Uh, it, there was a lot of houses. Let's just say that, okay? And a part of this one was four guys, gamers, um, Mako, Avalanche, Classify, and Frosty. And apparently... These guys lived in a house that was worth $10,000 a month for rent. You know, uh, $2,500 per month for each of them. That's very, it's high. It's in LA. It's, it's a lot. And a part of this kind of deal um, was either they could go the expensive route, but it was a little bit bigger, or they could go the more affordable route, which I don't know what the cost of that was. I was not, I, I never heard the details of that, but a more affordable which I don't know what that looked like for them. But apparently, all in all, $10,000 per month was a little bit too much, okay? And a part of the deal that they had signed with 100 Thieves, uh, and I'm just going to use Nade Shot as kind of like the encompassing 100 Thieves um, outlets. And then uh, when he, you know, says his side, I'll I'll say Nade Shot, of course. But... The one thing that they had given, they were given like a $2,500 allowance for like, basically like, what is it? Purchases that were based for content. You know, whether that be like equipment, whether that be just like, maybe just like renting out a place for content. They had a house that was big enough to make content. I've seen this house and it just worked well, okay? They, they made it work. And apparently Frosty had said that they did not have enough money to even buy food, which... I don't know if that's an outlandish statement to come from him, okay? To not be able to buy food, I get where he's coming from. I get where he's coming from. And the sad part about it all is that, you know, like obviously you want to be able to eat. You have like a a roof over your head. Hopefully you have water saying it's LA. It might be a little bit restricted, but I mean, I can't say that I know his entire anyone's financial situation of that entire, you know, content house. But I think the goal of the content house was to have four people who were able to make content to grow up their platforms and to become very well-recognized content creators. I think that was a very highly suggested, well-thought-out plan. Pretty simple in theory, right? Pretty easy to write down on paper like, hey, we're going to put four guys who all make content together. They're going to make content together. They're then going to grow. That will intentionally lead to more revenue for all of them. That is simple on paper. Apparently, this was something that maybe didn't work out in theory, (laughs) unfortunately. But so Frosty had put out a series of tweets, and I know maybe I'm kind of long stretching this. I, I, I apologize. 
However, Frosty put out a whole bunch of tweets. He couldn't be able to buy food. He would. Uh, he didn't make a whole lot of cuts off the brand deals. And uh, there was, like, a lot of theories that, like, people were going to leave. It ended up not working out. They all went their separate ways. The mob was no longer the mob. Somebody moved out of the house. And then it was basically over since then. Okay, 2020, it's over. It's done. No more mob. No more content house. This might have even been uh, 2021, actually. This was in 2021. Excuse me. 2021, over, done with. Okay, no more mob. And it just kind of all spawned from a tweet, right? Twitter's like, <laughs> Frick. Beef? Yes. So, this is where Nate Shot comes in, and he kind of just lays down the plans of, like, this is what we requested. And, like, Frosty was saying that, like, they were required to live basically within 20 minutes of Nate Shot. I don't know what the purpose of that was. Um, Obviously, it's L.A., so, like, 20 minutes might be just, like, a mile. But uh, I'm speaking from personal, personal experience okay it might take you 20 minutes to go a mile on the freeway so with that just kind of like all the ground details of revenue brand deals um splits uh, not being able to even pay for rent and obviously just like everything of the equipment the housing situation as a whole and then of course like internet issues which kind of clouded their their hindrance of growth so this is where nade shot comes in and he says basically in essence that there is there's no mob without 100 thieves theoretically right there's no house that you're going to be able to move in that is being somewhat paid for i don't know if they got $2500 a month per person which basically covered their rent and i don't know about that i don't know where all the revenue streams were coming from however that that's just disregard all that because we don't know that nate shot has said like, even though that they took 85% of the split of a brand deal, each one of them were going home with $30,000, which is more money than I've ever seen in my life. And that's just on one brand deal. That's insane. Okay? To say that, like, I don't know, that wasn't enough to pay for, like, 10 months, if not, like, three years of rent for all of you guys, 10000 a month, that's, tw- that's a year. That's a year. To say that you probably get a brand deal within a next within the next calendar month, you'll probably be fine. Theoretically, right? I don't know why I said three years. <laughs> However, uh, that was kind of like a topic that he talked about. Frosty had said it was ninety five percent. Even then, that's still like twelve grand you're going home with. Fifteen grand you're going home with, right? That's still a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. It's half a year of rent. And then, of course, there's obviously, like, just, like, the accusation of what Frosty said of, like, how it was a predatory. I didn't even say this. That it was a predatory organization and people like Brooke A.B., Courage, people who had even been a part of the mob had even said kind of, like, like Nate Shutt is one of the most hardworking people that he, they know, right? To come from where he's come from to now... Dude, most of these people's careers are dedicated to him. That is just simply it, right? That is just simply it. People like Mr. Beast, people like KSI. People even like Casey Neistat, who didn't really play like a a soul hand, but like paved a way for so many vloggers. Roman Atwood. Emma Chamberlain. Liza Koshy. Lily Singh. All these people somewhat, like so many people have to thank for just their career. 
Simple as that, you know? And this even goes a layer deeper because not only was there the accusation that this organization is predatory, but that even Nate Shot said that the amount of content that Frosty put out within one year was less than what I've even put in in a month and a half. 40 streams? 40 streams in one year. Mind you, Frosty had then rebuttaled about the internet being an issue. So they didn't want to like basically just like peak it in the summertime of just like four streams going off, just like the summertime heat, where it's just like, oh God. But they, you know, they'd pop up in other people's streams. Their touch points are pretty good, right? It made sense. They didn't want to throttle the internet having four streams going on at once instead of like let's have like one or two and then split the people in it, right? It makes sense, of course. But in theory, it just like I the deliverables of that is not great. Is not great. Like even the YouTube videos weren't great. The amount of content that Frosty put out within the year wasn't great. Mind you, I don't have room to talk, but I also have room to talk. In addition to that, there was just different things that kind of went back and forth that maybe didn't really seem that much of information. It was just kind of very shallow. But most of the deep stuff were just like the Frosty's comments on the organization, not being able to eat, you know, having to live in a $10,000 per month house, living 20 minutes away from one of the most richest places in LA. It's a lot, right? But then you have the other side where Nate Shot is, you know, the head of the organization. He's the boss. He's the founder, CEO, having to run a company, you know, hoping that these guys are, you know, successful, getting them brand deals. They wouldn't be able to get that brand deal without Nate Shot because of his connection with 100 Thieves, which he owns, obviously. And then their connection with 100 Thieves, the mob, that is. So, all in all, it's interesting. And I think Nade Shot, uh, I think, not to say that, like, anyone wins this, but I think he's more on the right than Frosty is. You know, like, not to mention Frosty had said that they had taken advantage of them because they were up and coming and so young and naive to a lot of things. Like, mind you, I was naive to my first brand deal. Like, I needed to kind of, like, walk through the steps. Perfectly fine. Learn what, like, the word deliverables mean. I'm like, what the frick am I delivering? Do I got to go all the way to New York to go, like, work with Current? Like, how does this work? <laughs> but there's there's certain things that you have to deliver for a company, you know? And they're paying you for that content, you know? So, all in all, I think Nate Chuck kind of takes the, you know, the the bull by the horns and really just kind of dismantles the bull. All in all, uh, that's pretty much it on the Nate Shot Frosty bo- beef boff. Because I, I really want to talk about it because it was so interesting. It was a lot to it. There was just so much that I think we can learn from it of, you know, understanding what we're signing. You know, like, obviously, like, our iPhones are stuff that we that are in the terms and conditions, but we don't freaking read it. We don't read it. There's so much stuff that is out there that we don't even know that we've been subjected to and have accepted, you know? Like, every time you open up a new website, it'll say, like, oh, do you allow cookies? Basically, like, cash and cookies. Basically, like, a browsing history, you know? That's basically it. To allow, you know, your passwords, to allow your usernames to be safe and secure. But also, at the same time, we also expect that these companies, such as Target, who's been hacked before, to be at fault for a lot of this stuff and to be, 
very secure in their stuff. Even Bank of America, one of the most unsecure banks in America, which is very ironic. Very, very ironic. They've had uh, a lot of money stolen from them from people who worked internally. I would, I would really hope that my bank would not be stealing my money. Plain and simple. So yeah, I think as like a creator and as like anyone we can learn from this of just like what we know we're signing up for and like the amount of work that we have to put in to make that happen. And in addition to that, we now head to LA. We head to LA. We've talked a lot about what went on in LA with Nadeshot and Frost, Frosty, but my trip to LA was very, very interesting. I, like I said, I would not trade this trip forever or for anything. <laughs> I would not trade this trip for anything because of just all the crap that went down. Like, it was so spontaneous. So, last Saturday, actually two Saturdays ago, I had this really big urge, like, at the gym. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, my friends were giving this presentation at 11 o'clock a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Saturday, okay? And I was like, what about if I went down there and surprised them and just like gave them a high five and make like content out of it? Like that's super easy, right? Super easy. Okay. And I was like, how much is like a flight down there? You know, it's seven days before it's going to be, it's going to be a lot. Like it was 430 bucks. I'm like, Oh my gosh. I'm like, I really hope this pays off. And I can't say that it paid off yet because I haven't uploaded the video yet. But what I can say is what went on down there from even like a connection standpoint, meeting people, but just like a memory standpoint. You know, I don't go to LA. I've I've been to LA three times, so I can't say that I don't go there often, but I go down there, you know, semi-often, about every three to four months, I like to say, really depending on what the occasion is, of course. And I went down there. I flew into Salt Lake City, flew into Long Beach, and then took an Uber from Long Beach all the way to basically... Culver City, which is, like, east of Santa Monica, okay? Santa Monica is, like, northwest of L.A., at least on, like, the bottom side of L.A., because L.A. is, like, kind of, like, split up. It's weird. But I essentially go to the event. Like, people, like, someone like Esprit Devora was, like, super shocked. Like, Ellie and Manuel were like, what, what's, huh? What? Like, and, and that was the whole point. Like, I didn't want to tell anybody I was going down there. I had no plans of anywhere I was going to stay, Okay. If there was anything I was going to stay, I was going to just, like, sleep on the beach or, like, sleep in an airport. Like, what am I going to do? Okay, there's not much I could have done. And I, like, mingle. I'm talking to people. Like, they're already... I, I landed at 12 and then basically got there at, like, 1. So I was, like, two hours late. <laughs> and I thought the event started at 2, but that was in Eastern Standard Time Zone. And we're not in Eastern Standard Time Zone. <laughs> so that was a that was a big LMI part. And I thought it started at 2, and this was, like, the only flight that would have really got me down there um, quick enough and fast enough. And I got down there. We we have, like, the hour left. We, like, they share a few ideas that they were talking about. And then we go eat, and I got to mingle around with, like, you know, the people that I came down there for, people that I already know. And it was just great. It was overall just, like, a great experience. And in addition to that, we had, um, how do you say it? We had like just kind of wrapped up the event. And at this point I'm like, Oh, like I don't have a place to stay. So I asked Manuel and Manuel's like, Oh, it's Sam's birthday. 
uh, like it, it's going to be a little bit busy. Like, and they just like, it was basically just a no. It was basically a no. I don't know if it was him just skirting around it because like, I wouldn't want to say no, but it is what it is. Like the answer was no. We then, we then kind of head out and I'm like, oh crap. So I asked like this, these two people, there's one named Trace and one named Cal. And I like asked how I'm like, and I happened to just like look at him while we were sitting down. I just like greeted myself and I was like, oh, like, I'll just I'll see what Cal's doing, you know, just see what he's doing. And Cal said, oh, he's like busy. He had work. And apparently he didn't have work. He doesn't work. I learned this from the other guy named Trace, who I ended up asking. He's like, well, I was going to go work and he does DoorDash, which is really cool. That was like a really cool thing because I also have done DoorDash for a certain period of time. And this is how he pays for his rent. And he's like, well, I got a couch you could sleep on. I'm like. I'll literally take anything. Even if it's a floor in the corner of your room, I will sleep wherever. I just, you know, like, it means a lot that I just have, like, a place to stay, right? And that basically all just transpires, right? And I hop into his car. We all, we all, like, we head back. Well, me and Trace head back. We head back to uh, Burbank, which is a little bit north of, like, the main L.A. area. You have to kind of travel through some mountains. It's pretty cool. And... Burbank, we essentially uh, like get back to his place. He has a one-bedroom apartment. He has a living room that his half-brother stays in. They just have like these walls that kind of go up just so he has his privacy. And then uh, he has like a kitchen, which kind of where the dining table would go or like the smallest table that would go. Uh, they have a couch that they sit on and, you know, have a coffee table. And that's what I was going to sleep on. But the... The one thing, and I'm just going to kind of sum up what happened. We just talked about YouTube. We watched a bunch of YouTube. His brother got home at like 10, and like I met him, and his brother wasn't super keen on me being there, but he at least he didn't kick me out, which I'm grateful for because it is also his place. He's also paying rent, but he wasn't super keen on me being there. However, that that was all translated through text with his with Trace instead of like through me. It was just kind of like, oh, my brother. And so we grabbed the couch cushions, and we I just sleep on the ground in Trace's room on the couch cushions. It was like the comfiest thing ever. It was basically just like sleeping on the couch, but like the couch kind of moves. And it was really comfy. I'm, I was like working on some like Spartan stuff that I've been working on for the, uh, uh, the company. And yeah, so then we wake up the next day, and he had mentioned the day before that he was like, you know, planning on recording. He was basically waiting on his friend to see if he was still sick or not, you know, if he was sick, because he didn't really feel too well the night before because he was traveling. And it ends up he was sick, so we didn't end up recording a video. But then he had also mentioned at, like, 3 that we were that he was going to go slacklining, and he invited me to go, and I was like, frick, dude, like, slacklining? That's dope. So we went slacklining. It was actually Highline slacklining. It was 150 feet up above the air, and we did an interview on a slackline. Yeah, so we did that. That was pretty cool. I'm going to probably put out a post um, on my main Instagram uh, at I'm Jared Hathaway. Of There was like a video uh, that somebody took of a drone, and this guy, you actually may know this guy. Uh, he's on TikTok. His name's Chris Ivan, and he throws plungers at logos on buildings. He's the plunger guy. He like throws plungers at like the Target logo, the Walmart logo. He just throws plungers at Target's. And of logos and just films it. So what he does. And he's got like a million followers on TikTok of just throwing plungers. It's pretty cool. <laughs> so 
We actually did like a, a video uh, for it. It's I don't believe it's out yet, so I'm not gonna describe it. But we did like a plunger slackline collab. It was pretty cool. And yeah, we gotta like uh, do a whole bunch of what is it? Just like interviews. We gotta go slacklining. We gotta. I gotta meet a whole bunch of people. I gotta meet somebody who met, lived in like Portland and is like starting her streaming career. And um, her name's Audrey. I gotta obviously. I met Trace. I met like these rock and roll people. It's pretty cool. And I got to meet the guy who does the interview and like the friend that helps him. It was all really cool. And, you know, we all leave uh, me, Trace, and the two guys that run the slacklining thing, Michael and uh, Q. We all went to In N Out. It was great. We just kind of talked. They were talking about a series that was on TikTok about like Scientology sucks and like the exposing of Scientology that they had done. And it was really cool. We need to watch it. I haven't actually watched it yet, but it was really, really cool. And so. Me and Trace head back. It's like 8, 9 o'clock at this point. We basically don't do much. And I'm still editing, like, my stuff that I need to get done for Spartan for the uh, North American Championships video recap. So I do that. Cool, cool, cool. I was up until, like, 3 and went to bed. And then we woke up semi-early. And then, essentially, we just, like, chilled out. We got lunch with uh, kind of, like, semi-lunch. We got, like before lunch uh, with his girlfriend and, like, her friend. It was really cool. And then we headed over to, like, Studio City where Manuel, uh, Ellie, and Tyler live. And that was really cool. And I got to see, like, Tyler and Sam. Um, And, yeah, then we went to, like, Trader Joe's with Tyler and Sam. And Sam's actually doing, like, her first Spartan race, which is really cool. Like, she texted me at, like, 1042. I only remember the time because, like, I happened to be on Instagram and I, like, saw the DM. I was like, she's like, I'm doing my first Spartan race. Like, I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is so cool. And, like, I'm like... She's like, oh, like, I'm like, do you need any tips? She's like, oh, what should I work on? I'm like, oh, I'll send you, like, everything and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, so she's doing a first Spartan Rich. is really, really cool. And she's, like, super competitive, so I think it's going to be great. Like, Tyler had just dislocated his shoulder, and they've just moved into a house, like, two months ago. He was, like, setting up the Xbox. It was super cool. So, like, seeing Tyler, um, I don't know if Tyler knew I was coming down. And, like, uh, like Ellie and Manuel were working on stuff, so that was great. That was a ton of fun. And then uh, after that, we had to head back to Trace's house, and I said goodbye, and I cried because, like, I very well could have just slept on the beach. I very well could have just slept in an airport, and for someone as kind as him to just allow me to sleep on two couch cushions in his room without even knowing me for less than an hour was quite... An event, and I'm forever grateful for Trace. Like I feel like just this entire trip down to LA is not possible without Trace and his kindness and the friendship that we bonded over and got to connect just through YouTube. Um, it was wild. It was just wild. Like this trip to LA was not possible without him. So shout out to Trace Johnson. If you guys uh, look up Trace Johnson on YouTube, make sure to go subscribe to him. I'm going to leave a link down in the description uh, so you guys can go subscribe to him. Uh, He just started posting YouTube videos in March of 2022. So yeah, it's, uh, you know, he's still growing and still learning the ropes, of course, uh, of everything. And, you know, like it's not possible without even like Creator Now where we connected. So shout out to Trace. Uh, I'm sure one day we'll have him on the podcast. That that will definitely happen. Because we got some wild stories to tell, that's for sure. And with that, Nationers, uh, while I was down there in L.A., I, like, 
like right as I landed, like the the event had started of KSIV swarms and then KSIV Pineda at the very end um, of everything. So this event was wildly pretty great. Every single every single match was a KO other than Faze Sensei and King Kenny, and it was great. The Slim Fight versus Temper, Faze Temper, was great. The Salt Poppy versus Andrew Worski was great. The I Am Thompson and Sam Hyde was something. You also had the first uh, fight of the uh, a card, which was KSIV Swarms. And I'm not going to lie, KSI did look good. His cardio, his tank was there. He had a, His technique looked good. I think the only part that kind of sucked for him, especially if he wanted to kind of show off a little bit of his technique, was his opponents just ran. They just simply were doing laps around the, the ring. They were running for their lives, okay? And literally, I'm not going to lie, within like the first 20 seconds, Swarm's got his shit rocked. <laughs> got it rocked. It was bad. It was bad, and uh, everyone in the O2 arena, uh, like literally, just up on their feet, like frick yeah, like it was. It was pretty good. And then uh, they obviously finish round one. Of course, if you guys know the results, they finish round one, and then they head into round two after a few more knockdowns. And uh, round two comes for like literally seven seconds in, fourteen seconds in, bam. Hits him with a left hook, slept him. Well, maybe not slept him, but put him onto the canvas. And Swarms was out, out. He was done for. They they called it. They called it. And then uh, the Pineda fight. Also, Pineda was a bitch. I'm sorry for cursing, but I'm going to curse. I'm going to curse, you know. Let me know what you guys feel about the cursing on the podcast. I mean, it is the realest podcast, you know. If I, If I... Want to be real? I got you know. I want to let my emotions out. You know what I'm saying? Alex Pineda, or is it Luis Pineda? I always call him Alex. It's Luis Pineda. Was a bitch. He just kept running, complaining, thinking he got hit in the back of the head. Mind you, there was a few that you know, a few times he got kind of grazed, but like the dude kept ducking. He kept ducking forward. So of course, any hook that would have hit him in the cheek would now hit him into the back of the head. It's not KSI's fault. Like a body shot. The guy's scrawnier than I am. And somehow weighs like 30 pounds more. It just doesn't make any sense. And uh, yeah, he lost pretty miserably in the third round. I'm surprised he made it that far. He knocked down. He got knocked down like eight times. It was amazing. It was amazing to watch. And uh, not to mention like all the other fights. Like the Deji Fusi fight was so good. Just to watch Deji just whoop on someone. Doesn't matter if it was Deji or anyone. But to Deji to dominate. After being 0-3 in semi-amateur boxing, to then have a first considerable professional fight on a card that will end up on his professional record, to have it the way that it was, to have the towel thrown in from Fusi's corner, the thing just had airtime. It had so much airtime. The towel just went... And then it just disappeared at, like, the foot of the ref. I was like, where'd the towel go? I'm like, I swear they just threw a towel in. That fight was so, I was so happy. And just to see KSI reacting uh, in the background when he was warming up, it was great. You know, there's one, there's, like, two things that really get me, like, damn. Like, I want to be so successful one day that, like, I could have, like, a ring walk. I can perform on stage. And it's these two things, performing on stage and a freaking ring walk. A ring walk will get me so hyped up. And watching people, like, perform 
in like their 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 sets. It it is so hype. And one day, I don't know which one's gonna come first, but it will be either a ring walk or it will be on stage performing a sold out arena. It's gonna be one of the two. I don't know which one's gonna come first, but my goodness, it is wild. Very, very wild. And for the most part, like I I got chills. I got chills when KSI walked out. When I watched the video back, I was like, holy shit. That was, wow. It's just so amazing. And to see, like, basically everyone in that arena basically rooting for KSI, it it's amazing. It is so truly amazing. I mean, nobody's nobody's there for Swarms. Nobody's there for Luis Pineda or, how, as I call him, Alex. Nobody's there for them, okay? No one is, like, solely bought a ticket just to watch them. <laughs> I'm sorry. Unless it's like family, okay? But it was very, very interesting. And I thought the event was run well. I'm glad that everyone's somewhat getting paid. Is At least that's what we've known. Um, known to be the truth. And uh, Alex Pusabi, it could have been you. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> However, uh, let's, let's move into like music. Uh, Young Gravy performed at the VMAs, the MTV VMAs. And he brought a date. Addison Ray's mom. Yep. <laughs> Young Gravy bought, uh, brought Addison Ray's mom over to uh, the VMAs. And they did an interview. Uh, it was very awkward. It was very awkward. Like, Sharina Sh- Cole. I got to make sure this is her name. This is why I brought the laptop out, okay? This is why you bring the laptop out, okay? Sharina Cole. Age? Oh, no. Don't tell me this is what they're, what people are looking up. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Age? What's her age? She's 43. She's 43. Hold on. How old is Young Gravy? Young... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay, he's 26. He's, like, basically... Okay. <laughs> this photo that's on here is hilarious. He's... Okay, he's not that... Old. But he's also not that young. I was worried that he might be, like, 24. But, like, at a high of, like, 28, you know? So, that's not bad. Okay, Sharina Cole uh, and Young Gravy, they went to the VMAs, and they did an interview. And Sharina Cole is just, like, staring their NPC. She just kind of has, like, a little purse and is just, like, looking, like, right at the person who's interviewing her. And Young Gravy's, like, he's tall. Young Gravy's, like, 6'9". And he's, like, having to bend down to the mic. He's, like... Uh, yeah, she's my little Southern Belle, and I'm a little Northern boy, so it just kind of worked out as it is. And every time, like, she's just there just holding her purse, minding her business, and it was the most uncomfortable video I've probably ever seen since Monty Lopez released his video. Not to say that it was that bad or that extreme, but every time Young Gravy had to bend down into the mic, instead of just, like, the person putting the mic to his face, it was something. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that was, that was that, like, she did not say a single word. It was just Young Gravy answering questions, even though if, if the question was directed towards her or them as like a couple, it was Young Gravy answering. <laughs> it was so interesting. And, uh, yeah, some of the questions, even like the interviewer asked, like, you're like, mm, don't ask that. Yeah, like that. So it made it that made it a little bit more uncomfortable. But what I think this leads down to and what this boils down to is I personally think this is a publicity stunt. 
I wouldn't be surprised. I think Young Gravy's smart enough to know that, like, yeah, he might have feelings for this person, but I don't know if that was the entire intention or if that was the intention and then they're like, oh, how can we make this as big as possible because it is gaining traction, if that makes sense. So not to say that there aren't feelings there, but either the feelings weren't there at first or they or they were there at first and all the publicity and the publications writing articles about them and you know them going to the VMAs uh, came after. So I personally think it's a publicity stunt. And uh, I don't want to take credit for this. I, I do want to credit somebody on uh, Twitter that kind of just like put out a tweet that said this was a publicity stunt. And I just like... I don't know. I just kind of lead. I just kind. It kind of seems a little off, you know. It seems a little bit off to say that your stepdad might be like five years older than you, if you're Addison Ray, which is a little, you know, a little interesting. But hey, what are you gonna do? At least tell your dad not to make cringy videos anymore. At least that's the least you could do for us, Addison. So yeah, that's uh, that's that, and it's just been kind of interesting because there's been a lot of back and forth between uh, Addison Rae's father and uh, Young Gravy, and Sharina Cole just really kind of stays out of it. She's just kind of just NPC energy. Little purse, camera, both hands. It's it's it is what it is. Sheree, we love you. Young Gravy loves you. And with that, Nationers, Cody Co. This was an interesting one. My I my sister saw this on her recommended. And we watched it together. And Cody Co. did an ultra marathon, 37 miles, which is 11 miles more than what a marathon would be. But this also is a marathon above, like, well, it's above Earth. But it's, like, up hills and down hills. And it's a lot of hills and downhills. And it is very interesting because, like, Cody Co. just kind of took us through his journey. And I'm surprised he didn't film more footage. <laughs> and he did a lot of tree-leaning he did a lot of, you know, passing out. And he mentioned at this one point, if you guys want to watch the video, it's like 17 minutes. It's really, really good. And Cody Co mentioned this one time where he had like the stop break and his mom was going to fill up waters for him. So he gave two waters, to his two water bottles to her. And in return, he got like this iced tea, a brisk iced tea that he had wanted that was already prepared. And... She took off, and he had no water, and he just had brisk iced tea for, like, the last, like, 13 miles, it seems like. Like, 10, 10 9 miles. It was, a, it was a lot of brisk iced tea for what you were given. So, with that, I think it's very interesting because, like, even Cody co-mentioned, like, his entirely entire family does this. He wants to kind of do it. It makes sense to do it, and I'm I'm kind of all for it. I'm kind of all for it. Like, just seeing Cody Co kind of do something different. And obviously his commentary over it is really great to, you know, joke around like, oh, this isn't the button. You you actually run 37 miles uphill and downhill. A lot of tree leaning. <laughs> so, yeah, I just find it so interesting like that there's people like even Casey Neistat, like when he would do like his daily vlogs, he would go run for like two hours, like before he would even pick up his camera. It was insane. And I don't understand it. Sorry, Casey, but. I do not understand it. It just doesn't make any sense because it like it doesn't contribute to like the overall story that they're creating. Like for me, my Spartan racing is a part of my story. It's a part of this like overall story, right? It just overarcs, okay? And for Casey, it was just kind of just like a casual thing, health and fitness. Cody Co, just kind of something interesting I wanted to do. And 
it's just so interesting. I don't know. It, it just is so interesting to see that someone like him and his caliber, who you would never think, you know, would just voluntarily do a ultra marathon. But in the video, he mentions that he got uh, proposed uh, the idea of doing an ultra marathon in early January and just like refused to like accept it. But he's like, that's in late August. I have time to train. And it just kind of taught him and hopefully it teaches you guys that like, you still have time to prepare. You, you know, it doesn't matter if you're 16. You don't have to be like wildly successful yet. You know, I'm only 21. I don't have to be wildly successful yet in my own right, but I can still be fulfilled in what I do and how I do it. And then also presenting that into the world. And like, I started this podcast at 19. That's actually kind of weird to say, because then by episode two, I was 20. So there's that. But I started, I started this podcast at 19 and mind you, we only have 172 subscribers on the main channel, but we're about to hit 10 K followers on TikTok, which is fantastic. That's great. And like even some of the short stuff that I've been posting and the Instagram, like it's freaking awesome. And I know I could do a better job, you know, and I'm going to, you know, after uh, this podcast comes out, uh, the Sunday, because my day off, I'm just going to be like writing everything that like, Hey, okay, we're doing a podcast. Let's get some promo for it. Let's get some buzz around it. You know, like instead of like Lucy doing it here and there, like I want to, I want to really make this podcast like a big thing. And I hope you guys are along for the journey because quite frankly, this is the beginning. And like Cody Co um, has just showed us, it doesn't matter. Like, even if you're a novice at this, you're going to learn by doing. And over the course of seven months, even you might see some progress and finish that goal that you started and wanted to achieve seven, eight months ago. So yeah. <laughs> and with that nationers, uh, that is the end of episode 43 banner right behind me. Thank you guys so much for watching, viewing and subscribing. And I will see you guys all in the next one. Have a good one. Oh, seven. Peace. Peace.